This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me, because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash spoken today. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with Plush Care. Plush Care accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. Hello and welcome to the Guna Tour. Back again with you guys for another show for another episode of our Raw Reaction series and specifically the 8am Arsenal transfer show. I hope you're doing good. I hope you are well. You can see the recovery of my voice is glorious. It's finally back to his usual perky self, which is great to uh, have. And uh, no, I'm not, not going to be coughing and spluttering and struggling to get the words out through these shows is, uh, is a welcome return. And it's good because... There is a lot of content for you guys on the channel at the moment. There's a lot of my face uh, embezzling your screens, right? Embezzling. Embezzling. Are we really using the word embezzling? That's the wrong word. Filling your screens may have been better. Embezzling. Wow. What is what is my 8am brain talking about? Um, <laughs> we've got, obviously, three shows for you. Yesterday that came out, we had the 8am transfer show. I then had a good chat with Harry Simeon on the Canton and Simeon show. Make sure you go and check that out. Really good discussion around the manager and then a little bit later on in the evening i was joined by dan and uh lewis and christopher fung who returned after a long uh, absence of his membership because he's been very busy uh in the preview show as well ahead of southampton on saturday and today in addition to this show a little bit later on this morning 11 a.m so in three hours time i'll be joined by james may tv to have a chat again more about the managerial situation where we go from here getting his perspective on a lot of things i know he's had a lot to say recently about that over on their channel and uh, then a little bit later on this evening i'll be talking to kev from next generation arsenal to talk about the issues that the arsenal youth side have faced of late and how their title challenge has uh, stumbled a bit is probably the words uh, that we would use to describe their situation. Good morning to everybody in the chat box. Good morning to Kaiser, to Jonathan, to Mike, to Mycon joining us. Mycon, imagine that. Great goal in the, in the World Cup, by the way. Amazing finish from that tight angle. How did you get it in? Cole, Matt G, Adam, John T, MCPE, uh, Anukrit, Tony, Daniel, Robert. We've got Gigson, we've got George, we've got the Robots, Will Eat You, Grant, Nikolai. Uh, we've got Philip, we've got Paul, we've got AV, Luke, uh, Rich, we've got Mr. Ginger Goon. There's so many of you. Uh, it's not It's not a black T-shirt. It's not. It's, this is green. This is or khaki, as it would be described. It is not black, okay? I'm finally not wearing something black. So let's appreciate that I do have 
a broader range of colors in my wardrobe but uh yes uh, <laughs> not a black it's a, it's a it's a khaki jumper can we can we see khaki there we go thank you very much anyway let's crack on today's news and we start off of course by sending you all the way through to the arsenal way they will be doing yes another uh, Arsenal agenda show at 9.30 this morning. You've had some really good content put out for you guys this week. Uh, they did uh, a Transfer Insight show talking all about Dominic Calvert-Lewin that you should be, of course, checking out. The Arsenal analysis of the game against Everton with David Hughes, who is an Everton fan, who I unfortunately wasn't working this week, so I couldn't join David. But Bailey did a brilliant job having a chat with David about things. And to be honest, I was quite glad that I wasn't there uh, to see David's smug face. But they've been doing the Arsenal Agenda show all week. Even I popped on the other day uh, as well. And Chris Wheatley joined Bailey as well on the channel. So make sure that you are checking out all the content over there. Link is in the description. Let's crack on, though, with today's news. And we start with Dominic Calvert-Lewin. Now, Charles Watts talking on his channel. Uh, if you aren't subscribed to Charles Watts' channel, make sure you do. Uh, he came on the show very kindly recently, and we had a good chat, uh, which is on our Let's Talk Arsenal fan series. But on his show, explains how Calvert-Lewin, and he feels that Calvert-Lewin would be open to a move and be looking possibly to move. And he has recently changed his agent as Calvert-Lewin as well. And we know Arsenal have a genuine interest in the player. We know that another uh, report surfaced after the Everton defeat, all, uh, sorry, after the Manchester United defeat, all around Arsenal's supposed interest in the player. Uh, £60 million has continued to be the figure that's been touted. I feel like that they would ask for at least that, possibly more. If it's a long-term contract until at least, I think, 2024, 2025. So I would be thinking you're looking upwards of maybe around the £70 million figure for an English homegrown striker that's you know a consistent scorer of goals for Everton. Uh, will they move for him? We will have to wait and see. Uh, speaking of strikers, though, following Balogun has been spoken about by Per Mertesacker, recently saying, I think uh, he's, I think the closest at the moment to make that step is Flo Balogun. Speaking specifically about kind of the youngsters that Arsenal should keep an eye on. He's transferred into the first team dressing room. He still plays for the 23s football and probably most likely will go on loan in January because you need extra exposure to get to that next level so we need to make that first transition now i would argue that that first that transition should be with the first team this weekend in the preview show i said absolutely balogun should be being integrated into the arsenal first team he's our most consistent striker be it for the under 23s i don't care he's finishing his chances and that is what i want to see in the arsenal first team so why on earth would we go anywhere else Get him into the first team. Get him scoring. Get him playing. Get them exposure, as it's described. I'd like him to see the exposure in the first team and scoring goals for the Arsenal. Our penultimate, and yes, only a penultimate, there's only a few stories for us to discuss today. And that is that Jonathan Davids, the Lille Canadian striker price tag, has been revealed by French media who claim that Lille will be asking for a figure in the region of £47 million to sign the Canadian striker. He's having a fantastic season, continuing on from his good work last season. Jonathan David, I know that a lot of people in our chat boxes are very, very keen on him to be the player that the Gunners move for. Still only 21 years of age, still scoring regularly in the French side. Uh, 
does that mean that he could translate to the Premier League? It is obviously we wouldn't know until it happens, but there's suggestions that he certainly could with the way in which he plays his game. He's a clinical finisher. He's fast. He doesn't lose out in physical battles. He's certainly someone that if the links continue, we will be covering in a lot more detail in regards to a tactical breakdown, I assure you. But until then, £47 million is said to be the figure of which I think when you consider... If you're going to spend £47 million on Jonathan David, which I think there is an associated risk attached to, is it worth going that £13 million more to go for a dominant Calvert-Lewin? Or is it worth going £18-plus million pounds more to go and get Dusan Vlaovic? Because the latest information coming out of Italy, uh, Correa Fiorentino is saying that Arsenal supposedly have an offer ready at £65.8 million that are looking, which translate around the 80 million euro figure, 65.5 million pound offer Arsenal have ready. And they want to convince Dusan Vlaovic to change his mind about the club. Continually, we see these links. Continually, we see the rebuttals from the Italian journalists like Demazio saying, and, and uh, Fabrizio Romano, of course, saying that he has no interest in Arsenal. He doesn't want to join Arsenal. And yet these links will not go away, suggesting that Vlaovic should be convinced to join the club. Right, look, if we ended up getting up this guy, it would be a massive coup for the club. Don't get that wrong. It would be a huge, huge piece of business for Arsenal to sign one of the Europe's most exciting young strikers. But if he doesn't want to be here, is there any reason as to why we should genuinely go for him? I'll let you guys make your mind up. Speaking of people that do, though, want to be here, you guys in the chat box. If you could now throw your questions into that chat box, into that type part there, we will go through as many of them as feasibly possible as you join us after this brief interlude. Okay, then, let's go through the chat box questions and see how many we can get to. IGK. Says two. I love that. I, I can tell, by the way, when people um, type out their comments in the chat box and wait. And they're hovering over the enter bar. They're going, "All oh, right, when's he going to say Q and A? When's he going to now?" And I, I can tell when you do it. And IGK, I get the feeling that you are one of those people. Uh, two games ago, everything was good, looking good for top four. Bounce back from Liverpool. Two games later, and it's a crisis. Our Arsenal. The only club not allowed to lose a game they should win. Was everything good two games ago? And this is something that myself and Harry talked about yesterday. It's something that I'm going to talk to James about a little bit later on this morning. Is yes, the position in the table was good. One point off top four. Hunky dory. Happy days. Issue is, is that over the course of the period of games in which we got ourselves to that position is that there were concerns throughout those games. The issues in chance creation. The diminishing defensive stability that's led us to concede nine goals in our last four matches. These things have combined, and the matches against Manchester United and Everton that were tests, along with the games against the likes of Liverpool, where we got battered, these tests have highlighted where we've come unstuck. That we can play like this against your Burnleys, your Norwiches, your Watfords, your Newcastles, your Aston Villas prior to the sacking of Dean Smith, and you can get those results. But when it comes to you know the, the trickier 
test the trickier fixtures away from home at Everton, at Manchester United, at, Ultra, at, uh, at Anfield for Liverpool, that things do start to come unstuck. And I think that's why people certainly are starting to turn and starting to change. So I think that's probably where it is. Uh, yes, as George says, people, if you haven't done so already, there's nearly 200 of you watching. Do drop a like on today's video. would really appreciate the support. Apologies, by the way, this isn't being streamed live on Twitter. For some reason, Twitter's going weird with StreamYard. I've contacted StreamYard. They blame Twitter. I've contacted Twitter. They blame StreamYard. It's, it's like when you're a kid and you go in to ask your parents for something. Your dad says, ask your mum. Your mum says, ask your dad. You go around in circles. It's a childish political nightmare except now we're in the world of social media and for some reason no one wants to give me the answers. So apologies that there's no streaming on Twitter at the moment. Hopefully we'll endeavour to get that back to you as soon as possible. But I have absolutely no control because it's all down to StreamYard and Twitter to sort out their differences. I just hope they aren't divorcing. Daniel Roberts says, question, is signing a world-class striker more important than signing a world-class midfielder? No. And the reason why it's not is because you can find clinical strikers Strikers that are scorers of goals, are it's their position, it's their job, it's how they've got to that stage of their career. If Arsenal can add a world-class central midfielder, which gives them more progression, which gives them more control, which gives them the ability to retain possession and recover possession and transition and progress and, you know, just add to their attacking capabilities as well by unlocking those players in front and therefore, in, in turn, increasing chance creation of a higher quality then you can have your Balogans of this world playing up top. You can have your Aubameyangs of this world. If you give them enough chances, they will score. Aubameyang's never been a... He's been a prolific goal scorer, but he's not been a prolific clinical goal scorer. And I was, Drew highlighted this the other day on Twitter. Uh, if you're not following him, at Logic Lera, make sure you are. That Even at Dortmund, Aubameyang wasn't, say, massively clinical. He scored lots of goals because Dortmund created lots of chances. And maybe that's where we need to look to, is that increasing the quality of chance creation for our strikers is going to increase the number of goals we score. But the problem is, is right now we are one of the lowest ranked sides in the league for chance creation, but we're also one of the lowest ranked sides for chance conversion. So of the few chances that we're creating, we're not scoring them. But the thing is, if you do in increase that chance creation, you've got a much better chance of seeing a striker score many, many more goals. I know it sounds so simple and like I'm teaching you to suck eggs, but for me, Dan, it's the world-class midfielder that is more important for this Arsenal team. A Robles will eat you says, surely we need a midfielder just as much as a forward, if not for Kessier, if not for Sanchez. Have there been any other credible links so far? We've seen, obviously, Sanchez linked. We've seen Kessier linked. We've previously been linked to the likes of you. Um, uh, I was going to say Yuri Tillemans, not Tillemans. Um, Bruno Guimaraes, Yves Basuma, um, obviously we've seen links to Ruben Neves in the summer. But as of right now, there there hasn't been any, Dennis Zachariah is another name, but there hasn't been any genuine where you go, oh, okay, yeah, Arsenal are interested in so-and-so. The striking department, interestingly, looks to be the one where you'd see more tangible evidence of Arsenal's interest with Vlaovic, with Dominic Calvert-Lewin, those two players in particular. Um, Dusan, uh, Dujan Kulusevski as well, another player that looks to be much more heavily linked. But central midfield, weirdly quiet. 
Benji, yes, I did. Reese Nelson scored his first goal for final. Thank you for reminding of me of that. I didn't include that in the show. Reese Nelson did indeed score his first goal for final last night, which is only going to do good things for his career and good things for his value. So that's a positive thing. Matt G says, Tom, would you take Ten Hag in the summer if it meant sacking Arteta now and having met Zaka as a caretaker for the rest of the season? I don't know, Matt. I, I really don't know. I don't know what that would do because I would worry that if Metazaka was in charge, that we he's even less experienced than Arteta and we could fall out of Europe entirely once again. So I'm not sure because it could mean we fall out of Europe. It could cost us everything this season. Um, if you told me that we would be replacing Arteta with Ten Hag now, then yeah, sure. But that I'm, I'm not so sure about. I'm not so sure about that one. James Wright's good question though, Matt. Uh, James Wright, I don't think DCO is worth uh, 60 million plus. I'd rather take a risk at a higher potential striker like an Isaac. What are your thoughts? Look, you get what you kind of pay for in the Premier oh, Sorry, you get what you kind of pay for on the continent, typically. Um, within England and the Premier League, you don't. You overpay. That's how you get those players. Well, we had to pay 50 million pounds for Ben White. That's why we had to pay 24 million pounds for a perceived backup goalkeeper at the time, Aaron Ramsdale. It's obviously proven a lot of people, including myself, very, very wrong. I, I would go for Calvert Lewin. I wouldn't have an issue about spending that amount of money. One, because I always say it's not my money. Why would I really care? But, you know, I want us to invest better. I want us to invest properly. But I think also spending that type of money, bringing in a player like Calvert Lewin, would, I think it would raise confidence uh, in the recruitment again. It's another position that you know that we want to see some heavy and marquee investment in. Isaac, if we were to sign him, I'd be very happy. Like, Arsenal just need to make a good signing in the position. If it's Isaac, if it's Vlaovic, if it's Dominic Calvert-Lewin, I'm happy. I just want to see a genuine push to find a very special forward in those positions in the summer. Uh, yes, Mike, hit the like button ASAP, people. Come on, let's show that support in the chat box. Michelle says, as much as I like Davids and Vlaovic, uh, I'd go for Dominic Calvert-Lewin. He's likely to hit the ground running more so than the others. The other two will need time to adapt. What are your thoughts? I agree. Uh, MCPE says, Tom, do you think we should go for a centre midfielder in Jan? Yes, I do. And potentially hold off on a striker until January. Until the summer, I think you mean. Or would you take a striker on loan in January? Um, look, I th I'd take someone on loan. But I think what we're going to do is we're going to sign a midfielder on loan. That's kind of the prediction I've continued to say on the shows. That's where I, I see things happening. I'd be shocked if we signed a striker. I'd be buzzing if we did, but I just don't think that's going to happen. Do I think we should hold off? It depends on who's available. Don't go and get a plan D, E, F kind of striker. Get your plan A. If you can't get your plan A, go for your plan B. If you can't get your plan B, then wait. Usually your, your top two are going to be your best ones to go for. There's usually a good top two options. But beyond that, it's worth waiting. Absolutely worth waiting. De Jong is De Jong as in Frankie De Jong, FE. Uh, I don't know if he is available. If he is, Arsenal should be all over that one, but uh, I'm not sure. Barcelona, as we know, are struggling. Barcelona in the Europa League. That is glorious. It's absolutely glorious. Absolutely so. Uh, Satya Brat says, uh, Hi, Tom. Why do you think Partey has been so inconsistent? Is it simply a lack of minutes, injuries? The only great performance I remember him having is the United game last season. It was so excited. Look, I think the Spurs game earlier this season was another example of him being great. thought he was fantastic in the North London derby this season. Um, but you're right. He hasn't impressed. He hasn't done enough. I think injuries are definitely a factor. I think he hasn't adapted to the league very well. I think that's a big part of it. Someone tried to suggest to me that he moved for the money the other day, which I found 
really odd. Is he getting paid more? I think I think he is getting paid more, as you actually would if you moved at your, your mid to late twenties. He moved because he wanted to join Arsenal. I have no doubts about that, and I think there's a, I don't know he's a big liking of Arsenal, but I I don't. It's really difficult because he's only played under this manager. So until we see him under a different coach, which there's no guarantee that we will, you can't really point the finger at Arteta yet because we don't have anything to compare. But there's the possibility that it could be down to Arteta. We'll wait and see. Uh, Effie, any player can flop. (laughs) So we can say that every signing is a risk that we make. Um, John, what happens when Arsenal have a fourth crisis during the season and they've already released all three kits by 2022-2023? Panic, mate. Pure panic. Bin bags. I'm going to use them. We'll try and sell bin bags with holes cut in them if we can do that to try and, you know, the PR brilliance of our team. Uh, who was it who tweeted? I can't remember. Someone tweeted saying, was it, was it FK? I can't remember who it was that tweeted, but someone said Arsenal was a clothing company of a footballing hobby. And I found that very funny. <laughs> I thought that was pretty spot on. Uh, John T says, not really serious question, but do you know where I can watch the Arsene Wenger movie? I cannot get it, I cannot get it here in South Africa. Uh, not even in the torrent sites. Help Aguna out. Uh, the only place I know that you can get it is on Amazon. So if you can't get it on Amazon, I don't know where to tell you to go and get it. Maybe someone in the chat box, though, can help you, John T. Um, Wilson says, what on earth is going on with Arsenal in terms of transfers? Uh, we don't really know, mate. We're just we're reporting on the news. We're reporting on the links. But in terms of genuine interest... It is looking very, very sparse. And we're only 20 days away, 21 days away from that window opening. Billy Ferraldi says, would you take Vinaldum on a permanent? Could be our James Milder. I'd take him on a six-month loan, but I'm not sure about a permanent signing. Inga says, if we are lucky and get a decent striker in January, he has some time to adapt the way to play in the Premier League. We know that foreign players uh, need time. What are your thoughts? Well, some players do. You look at Bruno Fernandes. Absolutely astonishing levels of performance from the moment he arrived in the Premier League. You look at uh, I mean, other players that have joined the Premier League and done really, really well. And Kante when he arrived from France. Uh, you think to to Chelsea signings. Uh, Jorginho coming from Italy, transitioned immediately. Some players just don't need time to adapt. It's not always, but it's always going to be a risk when you sign someone from another league because there is a very different environment, a different speed, a different style, and a different coaching and different opposition. So you're always going to get that. Andy says, Tom, I saw a Zobosli rumor today. Don't do that to me. <laughs> Let me just type in the, the uh, our man and savior, uh, Zobosli. Oh, oh, here we go. It's literally the first one. Um Arsenal are prepared to sanction a €40 million Euro bid for Dominic Zoboslai, though RB Leipzig won't part with the Hungarian talisman without a fight, per a report. <laughs> what report? I'm reading, I'm scanning. Uh, citing Spanish outlet Todo Vizajes. Now, this is always something that I'm a little bit wary of. When, when the outlet that's reporting it is not either based in the nation of the club or is not of the nation of the player or the club, that's a concern. So when a Spanish outlet is reporting on an English club interested in a Hungarian player who plays for a German team, I, I have, you know, I have my doubts. <laughs> Quite rightly, I feel uh, about that one. Uh, 40 million euros, 
yeah, absolutely. Go for it. Do it. He's amazing. But uh, he's not He's he's not the, the position that we're desperately after. Right? Even even I can say that with my waving my Zoboslai fan club hat. I just <laughs> look, I, I, he's not the position that we need right now, Andy. And so therefore it doesn't make too much sense. Um, let's go to John who says, serious question. Does the existence of the documentary for this season actually increase the chances we make a splash in the transfer market to make more of a positive story when things go bad? I, John, I, I seriously cannot answer that question. I don't really know. There's no way of me knowing if it will. We, I suppose we'll have to wait and see and then watch it. But I remember watching the Manchester City one when they signed Emmerich Laporte in January. It was very interesting seeing kind of behind the scenes. But I would be surprised if it does have an impact. But I'm a very naive guy, so <laughs> maybe it will. Harry says, would it be possible for us to get the likes of Milinkovic-Savic uh, with a massive um, massive transfer fee, Harry? Possibly. Uh, Iwak says, uh, we need another midfielder that can bring the ball forward in a different way from Partey. Preferably a good dribbler on the ball with tight control and a nice first touch. Fabian Ruiz, anyone? Um, Matt G says, I don't believe it. Bet that's the same source who said we were selling. Who said that? I certainly didn't. That's for sure. I certainly didn't. And I, I mean that very seriously. The robots will eat you. Why have I now done? Uh, we've already gone down this path of getting older players, huge wages, and then they turn out to be really poor. Ozil, Abamyang, Wijnaldum. I think a six-month loan is fine um, just to cover that area, especially when you're losing Partey and and El Nene, but I agree with you. I wouldn't be signing him on a permanent deal. Uh, Madison can be our Bruno. I just don't think that the number 10 position is, is a position we're going to be spending big for, and I don't think Madison's had the best of seasons either. Alistair says, Tom, how much for Aubameyang and Martinelli together? Surely around £40 million for both. Um, what do you mean, uh, Alistair? What, selling, selling Martinelli and Aubameyang? I, I wouldn't be selling it. I wouldn't be selling um, Martinelli, that's for sure. But Abamyang, I doubt you'll get a tenner at the moment. Uh, Mitchell says, "I don't believe it. it it's it's Pepe Gate with Tom all over again." Oh dearie me, that Pepe thing. Jesus, it was a really eye-opening moment there. Uh, Asbrom says, Tom, do you think we missed the boat on... Yes, absolutely. We were strongly linked and he's been told he is not established yet. Instead, we bring in Erdegaard. Uh, plus, we do not lose... Uh, we do not have to target Pedro Gonzalez. Hey, look, Zoboslai is not an out-and-out -out number 10. He never has been an out-and-out -out number 10, really. He has played behind the striker, but he is better off playing on the left flank. Like He plays on the left-hand side. He plays, in a, ironically, a very similar way to what we would describe as an attacking midfielder like Emil Smith-Rowe on the left-hand side. That's his best role. He loves to cut in on that right foot. He's got an amazing strike of the ball. Brilliant set-piece taker. Tall, fast, quick, strong, really technical. He's great. If we had any intentions of moving Smithrow back to the number 10 position, then yeah, absolutely go for it. But right now, you know, I don't, I, he's not a priority and that position's not a priority. I'd love him. Don't get me wrong. I, I've got a shirt with his name on the back, for goodness sake. Like, I love the guy, but I just, yeah, I just, just don't quite see it happening. Raf uh, says, I think as Arsenal fans, we never support players. Uh, Party seems to be next. Why don't we try getting behind the players? Um, I think Raf, I, I always kind of support Partey. Uh, I'd wanted him to sign for many, many years and I was absolutely over the moon when we did. And I've made a lot of, I've given a lot of reasons as to why I feel like he's not 
necessarily working. What I would say is just saying maybe that take him out for a game, try something different. I don't think that's not necessarily not supporting the player. I just think that's being a little bit more reasonable about what the situation is and maybe you think about what's best for the player in the current moment and maybe taking them out for a game is probably what's best for the player. Frederick says, where do we go from here? We can still finish in the top four, but the team is shaky and leaky. Uh, we have to win the next game. It's as simple as that. you just got to win the next match. Uh, thoughts on uh, Ben Brereton-Diaz. Uh, who is that? <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> I don't know who Ben Brereton-Diaz is. Uh, he is. I, I swear, Jonathan, it's always you that throws in these players that I don't know of. He plays for Blackburn uh, as a centre-forward. He has scored 17 goals in 21 games. And he is 22 years of age. I mean, yeah, he looks very, very good, to be fair. Definitely not gone on my radar, but uh, 17 goals, 21 games. Ivan Tony levels of goal scoring in the championship. Is he someone that we uh, should be looking at? Oh, is he that English Chilean guy? Yes, he is. Uh, oh, I know who he is. Yes, I have heard of him, actually. There you go. Yes. I remember seeing things pop on my social feeds about him. Um should we go for him? I mean, I don't know how much he'd be worth. He's worth £9 million, according to Transfer Marts, although I feel like Blackburn would ask for significantly more. So there you go. Not specifically you, says Raf. I just mean the fan base in general. I agree with you that in that you can take him out of the firing line, but just a sense of things that Arsenal, Aubameyang, oh, mate, er the Erdogan situation frustrates me so much. I tell, look, the Erdogan is utterly scapegoated by those that have wanted to bash Arteta for a long time. And because he's the only kind of signing of the six that Arteta and Edu made in the summer that's not necessarily performed to the level of the others, or saying that, he's been our best player in the last game. And I mean, he was scored against United, scored against Everton, would have got another goal against Watford, scored against Burnley. He has got goals in him. He needs to add more assists to his game. But look, the fan base have absolutely, portions of the fan base have absolutely scapegoated Erdogan so, so annoyingly. Um, it is what it is. A lot of people wanted Madison. If you don't get what you want, don't cry about it and take it out on the players that came instead. We didn't sign Zobosla. You don't see me moaning about Odeka. Like, I wanted other players. We didn't get those other players. And I'm not going to necessarily scapegoat certain players because I didn't get the player that I wanted. Everyone's got to take their fair shot. Everyone gets their fair rack. We allowed Pepe his time. It's been a long time since we've signed him now and he's not yet justified that signature. I'm not talking about the fee. I'm talking about the actual signature. And other players, Aubameyang is falling away. Lacazette has never really justified that 50 million price tag we played for him. Ben White, I think, is going to have to do a lot more still to justify that 50 million pound price tag and to justify us signing him. Gabriel's doing a great job. Rams is doing a great job. Tommy Asher's doing a great job. Tavares is doing a great job. Uh, is doing an amazing job. Partey still needs to do more to justify his price tag. It's but you don't want to scapegoat players. Like it's just ridiculous how people just lose, like just build up those specific kind of dislikes immediately for certain players just because they weren't the player that they wanted us to sign. And so no matter what they do, they have to criticize, they have to judge them, and they can never praise them. And it's just a really silly place to put yourself to be in because you can end up making yourself look very, very silly. So there you go. Um, we are going to finish things off there. We've just been going for 30 minutes. Sorry, I didn't get to answer all of your questions. I tried to go through as many as I possibly can. Uh, I will be back tomorrow morning at 8 a.m. As always, 
uh, to bring you the next installment of the show. Of course, tomorrow we will be playing against Southampton. I'm working from 1 until 9, so there will be a 9 o'clock Raw Reaction show in the evening tomorrow. I'll tell you more about that. But do join me in two and a half hours' time in where I'll be joined by James Mayer TV to talk about the managerial situation a bit more and, of course, some of the player situations too, like Partey and Erdogan. And then I'll be joined by Kev from Next Generation Arsenal this evening to talk about the struggles of the Arsenal youth team as well. Stay well, people. Have a fantastic day. Drop a like on the video. Subscribe if you're new. And as always, up the Arsenal. ACAST powers the world's best podcasts. Here's a show that we recommend. Hi, I'm Jesse Crookshank. Jesse Crookshank. I host the number one comedy podcast called Phone a Friend. Girl, let's phone a friend. Not only do I break down the biggest stories in pop culture with guests like Dan Levy and members of InSync, I do it with my own personal boy band singing jingles throughout because it's my show. It's your show, girl. New episodes of Phone a Friend. Yeah. Drop Thursdays wherever you get your podcasts. So work it, girl. Yeah, work it. Okay, that's enough. Acast helps creators launch, grow, and monetize their podcasts everywhere. Acast.com. This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans.